0: This week's episode of the Doctors of Running podcast is sponsored by Running Warehouse. The best deals of the year have arrived with Cyber Week. It's time to stock up on all your 2024 training needs with tons of great footwear on sale for under $100. From the Nova Blast 3 to the Hoka Rincon to Saucony Triumph, there's amazing running shoes to check out and stock up on this holiday season. The deals don't end with shoes either. Everything's on sale this week from apparel and socks to headlamps and hydration vests and even running watches. Gear up this holiday season by visiting runningwarehouse.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doctors of Running podcast, where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and science of running and the stuff that we put on our feet. Today, I'm the solo Doctors of Running representative. Uh, I'll be hosting today. I'm Nathan Brown. And the reason why I'm the only one here is not because I'm giving you a solo podcast that would be painful for you all if we had to do that. Uh, but I actually have an amazing guest with us, another doctor of physical therapy, Victoria Seckley. She is here with us to talk all things strength training and running. We've pooled your questions, and we're excited to dive into those and hear a lot more from her expertise and what she has to say. So, Victoria, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, and it's my favorite topic, so lots to talk about today.
0: Awesome. So uh, just a quick bio that I'm going to read off for you. And you can learn more about her on her Instagram handle, train smart, run strong. She also has a website, but Victoria is a physical therapist, run coach and strength coach who's passionate about working with runners and using her skills to assist runners who are rehabbing from injury or looking to become a stronger and more efficient runner. I think that does sum it up for what I know about you so far. But can you give us a little bit of background of how you got to where you are, maybe your educational background um, and kind of your career trajectory to where you're at now?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we could start all the way back, but I'll spare you the minute details. (laughs) Um, So first of all, I guess the first thing to say about me is I am actually Canadian. So I come from across the border. um, And the reason I came to the States is actually because I played tennis in college. So that's what brought me over here. And the physical therapy profession in Canada is a little bit different, I would say. Uh, Number one is and everywhere else in the world, we're called physios. So, Not that that's yes. a, big, a huge difference, but I always find that really interesting and forget that when I go back home. Um, but I always, you know, playing in sports, I was always really interested in... Kind of injuries and having my own fair share of injuries while playing um, in college really kind of led me down that path without me even really knowing. Um, and once I graduated college, physical therapy just seemed like a really perfect fit. I wanted to stick in kind of the sports world and also get a deeper sense of connecting with people and understanding why injuries happen and helping them get through that. So that's really what brought me to physical therapy school. Um, I went to NYU, which brought me up to New York and um, thankfully close to the border, close to home. Still. So it was a good choice for me, I'd say, because I'm very, you know, still really close with my family. Um, and I was always a runner from day one. And, and it really came from my mom who ran her first half marathon when I was much younger. And I decided to do one with her. Actually, when i was 12 which everyone thought my parents were crazy when they had to do that but um i had one of the best experiences of my whole life and i will never forget crossing that finish line in toronto which was the toronto waterfront marathon and half marathon um and ever since then running kind of became like my thing as soon as i put down the tennis racket i was like i running is my true love tennis was, you know, lots of love and lots of hate, especially going into a sport at a very young age. Um, So running was always something that I felt a lot of passion towards. So once I was, once I graduated PT school and started working as a PT, I, my eyes would light up every time I worked with a runner. And I was just always so excited whenever runners would come into the clinic. Um, you know, I worked in Manhattan, very close to Central Park. so We did get quite a lot of runners coming through the door. Um, and I, you know, two years into me working, I was kind of at this point where I was like, do I really love what I'm doing or what, what makes me love this? And I went and spoke to my boss. So I put, a, I give a lot of credit to her because I told her, you know, I really love working with runners. And she said, Hey, how, how about you become like the running person in our clinic? And I said, Oh my goodness, that's, that's actually something that brings me joy and really allows yeah. me to continue to be excited. You know, as you know, in uh, kind of the outpatient orthopedic world, you can see 20, 25 people a day and it can be really grueling, but that was something that was really exciting to me. So I went out, I took every CEU, every course, every like running, um, anything <laughs> running I could find. I was just kind of like putting all of my effort and energy into it. And I told the front desk there, I said, if there's a person who calls in their runner, please put them on my schedule. I was like really excited about all this. Um, and then the pandemic hit a couple of years after that. And um, I was in a really weird place still, not really knowing if I wanted to stay in outpatient orthopedics. And that's when I started my coaching business, my run coaching business, because I got the run coaching certification. And I just really loved that aspect of, you know, taking people from the rehab, from a place of rehab, and then moving them forward into training and racing again. And I feel like there's a huge divide in the healthcare industry. It's like PTs can very easily get you to a point where maybe you're just starting to run again, but with insurance and Things get really complicated at that point. I feel like there's very little guidance after that, and not many people know how to get started again and to get back into, you know, half marathon, marathon training, and I felt like there was a big divide there, so that's really what I based a lot of my coaching on in the beginning, and I think that's what really led me to the business that I have today, so... Yeah,
0: i i I don't want to interrupt you too much, but I no. was just talking to a friend um, who asked me, like, so what is the coach? Because I do some coaching and in, in in ours as well. And it's you know, what does the coaching side from a PT standpoint like? What is that? How does that? How do you interact with that? What do you think about that? I was like, it's actually my favorite part because when you have when you have somebody who you are doing coaching with, you get to look at like the entire pie Everything. that makes up a healthy runner, whereas sometimes when you are with an insurance company or doing a certain type of therapy, you, you don't get to address everything else. So I, I just, like you said, I just, that coaching side just is a very opens up a lot to be able to care for somebody well. So
1: I completely agree. And I think there's a lot of just like injury management that can be done before it even becomes an injury. And a lot of that can happen through coaching. So a lot of the clients that work with me, if something pops up, I already know how to manage their plan um, because just having an an understanding of injuries and we can avoid a lot of the overuse injuries that happen in running from the get-go and I think that's missing a lot in the healthcare field too. So, you know, I, I really started this almost as like, I feel like physical therapy and the healthcare industry as a whole just kind of have to move forward with that too. Like we really need to step into that prevention preventative phase Um, and unfortunately the place that we're at right now with insurance companies they're just not really letting us um, you know treat in that way but you know obviously um, we can make it work through coaching a lot of the time so it's like kind of just attempting to move us forward (laughs) Mm -hmm. and see Mm -hmm. what we can do um, and hopefully prevent a lot of the injuries that runners have to deal with so.
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah you,
0: you said you've taken a lot of uh, running related courses yes. and online stuff. Are there yes. any uh, for maybe other PTs that are listening um, yeah. any that you really loved that that stick out to you?
1: Yes, the one that sticks out to me mainly is science and sport. I believe it was called. I might be making that up. Um, it, was three, <laughs> it was three PTs Brian Kirschenbaum, I believe. Um, Irene Davis, who is huge in the running um, field and just like she does a lot of research, and one more who I, I his name um, is slipping me right now. But uh, the three of them basically brought like three different theories behind running injuries and kind of like debated each other all weekend. And I found was that this in, an in person one? It was. It was before the pandemic. Yeah, So yeah. That would I have think been, they still um, have it, though.
0: Chris Powers, Heiderscheit, and uh, and Powers. Irene Davis. Yes, Chris I, Powers. I probably
1: mispronounced. Yeah, Hiderschite. That's great. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Powers is the other one. Yeah,
0: they, I forget what they call. It might be called like the Running Summit or something why, like that, or why Science I and Sport. Science
1: I, and Sport. I don't even know where that came from, but yes, it was. It was amazing. I think they still do it because I think I still get the email yes. from them. Um, but I love that one. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then honestly, like I really recommend, I know that we don't, I don't think we get CEUs from this, but I recommend PTs who are interested in running to take the RRCA run coaching course. I found that really informative just from like an understanding of how to manage plans and what runners might be going through. Um, in terms of like training and everything. Um, Outside of that, you know, there are are some not so great ones too that I've taken. Oh, there was another really good one. Um, I can't remember his name, but it was run by St. Augustine and it was a fully like running coach and he has a full running clinic down in Florida. Um, I don't remember his name though, but that was a great one as well
0: yeah there's there's a lot of good resources out there and yeah that that running summit or whatever they call it but yeah, yeah brian Hidershite, irene <laughs> davis and um chris powers they're they're they think differently about it no, and i think totally. that's what's fascinating and that
1: was the best for, part Yeah. yes
0: for them they like kind of talk past each other but as the clinician you get to integrate it all because you don't have any stock in the game when it comes to the research totally. so it, totally. it's pretty awesome Cool.
1: Yeah, I, I hope I was helpful because I don't <laughs> I have such a bad memory. Of that. I'm like, yeah, the St. Augustine. And they're like, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well,
0: people can find it, they'll figure yeah. it out. So, the topic of the day is going to be strength training for runners. We gathered a lot of people's questions, and we're going to list a lot of those here today. Um, our subjective of the day, if you have another question regarding strength training, you can put that there. Otherwise, our subjective is um, what are your favorite tips to get your strength training in the midst of a training cycle? So feel free to comment with those below or send us an email with your thoughts. I'm happy to add any questions, like I said, that you may have to our list for future uh QA episodes or mailbag episodes as well. So let's get this started. Our first question is from IP Standard, and they're asking, do I need to lift heavy? Or is body weight enough?
1: I love this question. Um, You don't need to do anything that you don't want to do. Let's start there because I think (laughs) that you know I think that's really what a lot of runners look at strength training and they're like, "This really is does not sound fun, does not sound interesting to me." And I understand that perspective. So I think finding any type of movement that you enjoy is better than nothing. So if you're at that point where you're like, I really don't think I'm ever going to do much of anything. I know strength training can be important, but like I get lost in the weeds when it comes to what exercise to do, how much weight to use, all of that stuff. Find some type of movement that you enjoy, do it consistently, and that's better than nothing. So it's like, what's what's better than the other? Who knows? But at, at the same time, when we kind of get into the weeds of it, um... Generally, when we're talking about strength training purely, like how we're actually going to make a change in our muscular system, body weight can only take us so far right? So obviously body weight is a great place to start, especially if you're just starting out with any type of strength training protocol. You don't want to reach for a barbell the first time you're ever doing a squat. Starting out body weight and getting yourself comfortable with different types of exercises is always the place to start and just getting yourself in in that routine right off the bat. Now, in terms of lifting heavy, I do think that does have benefits for runners, um, Generally, when we're talking about strength training for running, the reason that we do it is because we want to allow our body to handle more load so that it can basically run more efficiently and we can tolerate more when we're running. So for that reason, um, adding weight and therefore lifting heavier can be beneficial because that's how we start to make changes in our muscular system. Um, but it's a hard question because like, what's, what's one better than the other? It depends on, on many, for many reasons. But if you are a runner who is interested in strength training and wants to actually make changes in their muscular system, you are probably going to have to add weight to the exercises that you're doing. Um, and then if we're talking about like, what is truly lifting heavy, um, and, and, you know, it's going to depend on the level that you're at but if we're talking, you know, barbell and really squat rack and what people I think kind of think of when they think of lifting heavy, um I do think it can be beneficial but you don't have to do it in order to make changes. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: And you're you're talking about the muscular system here too. Do you think that there are people with certain injury history whether if it's with certain certain muscle tendon issues or bone issues that like lifting heavy may be beneficial for more so than others?
1: Um, yes and no, a hundred percent. I think anyone with any kind of musculotendinous injury will benefit again from progressively strength training. Um, you know, obviously you want to do it in a setting where you're, if you're currently injured or have been chronically injured in a setting where you are adequately monitored, that's where PTs come in, right? You don't just want to be like, well, my Achilles tendon hurts. I'm going to go and do... Half raises with a 100 pound bar on my back, like from now until the end of time. You know, obviously, you want to do it in a way that feels good and progresses nicely. But um, yeah, I do think that making, again, making changes to the musculotendinous system does happen as we lift heavier weights and therefore can be very beneficial for someone who has dealt with that type of injury. I would even go to say someone who has dealt with any type of like bone stress injury, just to make that area a little bit more um, uh, available to more load as well.
0: And one of the things you said right off the bat was like, you don't have to do anything you're not, you don't want to do because it matters more that you actually do something. I thought that was a poignant point because I think there was a study that came out early this year that showed we talked about on this podcast maybe a month or, or so ago but basically the the only people who had and the people did have injury reduction, through, um, through a strength training regimen. But the only people who did it were the high, uh, compliance people, anyone who was moderate or low, they had no benefit at all. So either you got to pick something you're going to do and stick to it, or you got to, it's not worth it at all. So I think that's a very poignant point that shouldn't get lost.
1: That's why I wanted to lead with that because I do think that also allows Some people to breathe a little bit too. It's like, okay, there isn't something specific that I have to walk through. It's not super complicated. Just, you know, develop a routine, find what you like to do, do it consistently. And often we don't really have to think much past that. Um, obviously as PTs, we know we can get a little bit more specific when it does come to certain injuries when we're like, okay, maybe we want to start to assess how you're moving and where we can, uh, change different, again, muscular um, issues. But for the average runner who is not injured, I really think that just finding something you enjoy in terms of strength training and doing that consistently, don't even think anything other than that. Consistency is what matters most.
0: Yeah. For, for runners who are wanting to lift heavy, um, maybe it's due to wanting to improve bone density or some kind of bone health thing. What are some big mistakes that you feel like people make when trying to add a ton of weight Mm -hmm. to their, to their routine?
1: It's kind of the same as when like the mistakes that we make as runners, just doing too much too soon. Right. So it's like, sometimes you just want to be, um, aware of how your body's feeling that day. I think we make this mistake a lot. It's like, it's hard sometimes to assess how your body's feeling. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I lifted, you know, 110 pounds last week. I'm going to try 120 pounds this week because I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden it, you know, is a little bit too much. And now you're hurting. Um, that happens with running too. You know, we're doing speed work one week, we do it again the next week. And that makes us, injured, something starts to hurt. Um, so not doing too much too soon, I think is really important, really nailing the basics of strength training as you're going through that. Um, and I think just, just being mindful of, um, you know, the reps and the sets that you're doing as well. I think some people feel like when they up the weight, they also have to be doing like five sets of 50 of like an exercise. And when you're lifting <laughs> heavy, i I don't think a lot of people realize like it really doesn't take it can be two to three sets for six to ten reps to make a difference um, and as runners, we're not really used to that. we think that it's like, oh endurance, we have to do a hundred reps of this um, and that's not really the most efficient way to lift heavy, so I think it's just being mindful of the load that you're adding on, easing into it, not having to rush through it um and then you know, the flip side of that is also leaving enough time for recovery for your muscular system afterwards. Um, I think a, what a lot of runners do is they kind of expect their lifts to feel like they kind of they expect to feel like they do after a hard run. They expect to be sweating. They expect to be like huffing and puffing and like, you know, all of that type of stuff. And that might not happen from strength training, especially if you're a runner with really good cardiovascular endurance, you might not even break much of a sweat if you're lifting heavy. And I think runners then will be like, well, I haven't done enough. So I'm just going to do 10 more exercises or 10 more sets of this. And it's like, don't, Keep those same expectations of how you're going to feel during a strength session as you are when you're running. There's different forms of movement. It's different types of activities. Um, And I think runners sometimes are like looking for that kind of cardio uh, uh, feeling (laughs) and end up doing too much with their strength because of that.
0: That's a really, really good point. And in that vein, when somebody maybe who... so. I'm guilty of like hating strength training. <laughs> <laughs> so me sorry. Too. Me
1: too, i <laughs> okay. the same
0: way. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so someone like me who is adding adding strengthening for the first time to my routine, do you usually recommend that they change their running routine as well? Or, or do you say, oh, you're fine, just like add this or do you modify both at
1: the same great time? Great question and really good point. I do modify both because essentially you are adding load to your body right so um generally it's either like maintenance status with running so it's like you've gotten your run to a certain point and you're just going to kind of hold it there for a couple weeks as you get accustomed to a new strength routine um in some cases it might even be dipped down a little it depends on the runner um you know what level you're at and then also if you have a race on the calendar like if you're kind of if you do have to um keep that in mind as well. So it depends. I think in a perfect world, if you could either maintain your running or even take it back just a little bit for a couple weeks until you get accustomed to it. Because again, like doing too much too soon can very much be you're adding a whole new strength routine and continuing to increase your running program. And then that's too much for your body to handle. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool. That makes a lot of sense. So this kind of moves a little bit into our next question. This is from Amy McD 43. um, And they're kind of a question about when should I strength train? Is it best to do it on a speed work day? Is it best on an easy recovery day a rest day? When do you work this stuff in and why?
1: As PTs, we're going to laugh at this, but the answer truly is it depends. Um, I will will give you a couple uh, ideas for you to like, really kind of start to think on your own. So, and really what works best for you, because ultimately that's what's going to be the answer, whatever works best for you. Um, Generally, if you are, I I tend to say if you're a beginner in strength training or running or both, um, I do like to strength train, and run on separate days, especially if you're adding a whole new routine. So I would say, you know, that doesn't really keep the hard days hard, but it's like you run on one day, you strength train on one day. That will just allow you to have a better sense of how your body's responding to each activity differently, right? So you're able to say, like, you're able to sleep on and be like, wow, I'm sore. Oh, that was probably from the run that I did, or that was probably from the strength training. And you get a better sense of how your body's responding to each. Now, if you've been doing that for a couple of weeks, and obviously if you have a race on the calendar or your run training becomes a little bit more intense, like you have more days that you're running, I generally recommend pairing a hard uh, run day with your strength training. And the reason being is because Again, the idea of recovery comes up. Um, how does our body respond to hard run days? How does our body respond to true strength training? If we are doing both of those truly, our musculotendinous system is going to make changes. In order to allow for those changes to happen without crossing that threshold into injury, we need to allow time for recovery. And that's the, the whole idea between keeping the hard days hard under the guise of the idea that the next day is easy, right? And I think sometimes people forget that that next day has to be easy and they end up doing a speed workout, a strength day, and then kind of like a moderately hard run, even though it technically should be an easy run. Um, So I say, you know, before you use that, uh, routine or that structure make sure you've really re- you're really really good at keeping your easy runs easy like you are true yeah. to that before you start doing kind of doubling up those days because that's that's honestly the best way to do it is to keep that hard day hard but that second day has to be easy in order to see those that's changes to be easy. yeah it has to actually be easy <laughs> right. like a lot of people are like i don't even know how to do that yet so working on that a yeah. little bit first I think is important too.
0: Do you um, have like preferences for yourself or for other runners uh, on the order within that hard day, if that run should come before or after the workout or the lift?
1: I typically say, um, if you are looking at your calendar and you're like, okay, my goal is this marathon coming up in two months. That's my ultimate goal. I'm adding strength training into my routine, but my ultimate goal is a race on the calendar. I generally then will say you run before you strength train. And I believe there was some, don't quote me what article this was. There was some research that was done that says leave about three hours in between running and strength just to, again, allow your body to do a little bit of recovery so you're not going into that next activity completely fatigued. but that's the same idea. You want to kind of get the most important activity done before you do that second activity because you don't want your you you don't want to be running on tired legs constantly. You want to be able to build that speed and build that endurance first and then you can go into the strength training. On the flip side, if you're you don't have a race on your calendar and you're like, I want to explore how my body feels with strength, then I say start out with that strength training and then try the run later. Honestly, in practice though, with most of my athletes, it's like, so, much, we're not all professional runners. <laughs> <laughs> like, none of my athletes are professional runners. So, it's yeah. it's very much like a discussion that I have with them like, okay, well, what does your workday look like and how can we make it work as best as. There are so many athletes I work with who who really do have a goal race on the calendar and they're like, "Look, I cannot get my run done in the morning. I have to do my strength training first. And I'm like, "Okay, nothing bad's going to happen, <laughs> right? It's not like yeah. it's not like we're guaranteeing an injury if that happens. Absolutely not." So, ultimately, Think about what is going to work best for your schedule. If you are getting stressed out that I'm telling you, you have to flip it and it's not working for your schedule, please don't just like, it's not worth the stress and anxiety to overthink it. But if you have the availability and you're able to do it in that way, then great. You might see some performance benefits from that.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I, I think a, s- a similar question we got from a number of people, I think a lot of people asked about this, but they were kind of asking, do you taper your strength training during the like running taper as well? And that could also be a broadened question to like, does lifting throughout the year change? Like, is there mm. periodization of your lifting? Mm. Like right now, a lot of people are kind of in the beginning of their off season. Yeah. Does that look different than like the middle of a marathon build? Like what, yeah. what's your take on kind of periodization of strength training?
1: I believe in periodization of every I think that's the best way to keep our bodies injury free and for us to honestly like avoid burnout and feel our best when we're doing things in a certain season. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see our strength, uh, seasons as kind of opposite to running. So I'll give you I think it's easiest set in an example. Let's like, let's say someone has a, um, fall marathon on their calendar um, and they want to, but they want to add strength training and they're just starting out in the new year. I would take, you know, eight to 12 weeks, to really work on strength training, heavy lifting, increasing the weight, um, and taking their time, really building into those exercises, you can still absolutely be running through this, but running is not your priority. So that would be a time when your strength and strength training before the runs. Uh, maybe you're not really increasing mileage, but you can still go out there and enjoy the runs as well. Um, and then, you know, you would do that into the marathon training program, and things would flip a little bit. So then, obviously, you'd be building mileage, adding in speed work. All of that fun stuff through marathon training, and I call that kind of like maintenance level strength. So it depends on whatever level you built up to in that previous season, um, and you just kind of maintain it. And I actually I love the way that the way that I work with my athletes is strength really uh, goes along with how the running season is so we generally like to take cut back weeks or down weeks in your strength training as well too and that'll answer the question of yes i also do taper my athletes with the strength training um leading into a goal race 100 i'll taper their strengths for sure yeah and I often even with some athletes who might feel overly fatigued going into a race i'll cut out strength training completely just to save up their energy and make them feel better too
0: yeah it's all, all demands energy from us. And so exactly. it makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Cool. Yes. All right. We have, we have a lot of questions, so we'll see if we yes. can keep rolling here. So this is from Sean Takura. And they're asking, does strength training benefit every runner or is it just something that really benefits the elite of us? Un-
1: it benefits. <laughs> I shouldn't every say runner. us. Yeah, I'm not-, <laughs> no, not. Not me. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. It benefits every runner. Um, I do. You know, I think there's the, um, a misconception that, you know, we shouldn't be training how the elites are. I disagree. I think that if we all had the time to do that, like we would all love to train how the elites are training. Um, you know, obviously, if you are taking running seriously, um, but strength training has many benefits. I think from a PT perspective, what I, what I think that a lot of us forget about is sometimes strength or not even, I, I guess the, A better word is just exercises, maybe not like strength training, but like using exercises as tools to build confidence, to really, again, like add load to an area where maybe you have previously been struggling with. like Strength training or exercises in that sense can be used for many different reasons. I also look at running drills as important for that reason too. So yeah, I think every one of us can benefit from it in some way or the other.
0: And the benefits span... A lot of different categories yeah. from the ones we think about of just like injury prevention, but there's also just that variability of movement, variability of stress, exactly. changes. Our, yeah. There's a lot going on in our heads too. It's really good.
1: That's a really good point actually, and probably I should have led with this. That is the best part about strength training for a runner. It's not necessarily like, oh, I'm building load in my muscular tendon system, which is really good, but our body <laughs> likes to our body likes to move in different ways. Um, we, unfortunately... Running is really monotonous and that's why the running community in general, we see a lot of bone stress injuries compared to other sports that maybe do a lot of like cutting and different directions. Like running is really the same type of load kind of for a thousand steps a mile for many miles on end. And strength training can be really beneficial just to add variability into your movement. Um, And once we get a lot better at moving in different ranges, then we will become even better like for example if you're making a turn on a run and your foot accidentally hits the curb, you'll be much likely to handle that without getting injured, if your body has moved in different positions like that before, right? So we're just becoming more resilient athletes in general, um, and doing things that our body likes to do, because running is like a lot of the same thing. (laughs) Yes,
0: (laughs) totally. Yeah. Something you referenced too, was that um, you, it was kind of like a side comment where you said, Well, maybe I shouldn't say strength training, I should say movements, because really when you get to like exercise physiology, strength training is such a specific, (laughs) it's a specific like percentage of your max capacity of a certain movement. And so if you really want, so I think we throw around the term strength training a lot, but really you know, when you're doing high repetition, low weight, that's not strength training. Right. That's muscular right. endurance training, technically. Um, so super fascinating. Um, I know, but- it's
1: like, we kind of, should we change everything on social media for now? <laughs> <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I know we have a lot of questions to go through, but that's, a, yeah, like, it, we're, it's so true. <laughs> Anyways.
0: You get, feel free to go down the down the rabbit yeah. hole. We can...
1: Yeah.
0: we can do anything um but i think in this vein i think another thing that people were asking for and that would be interesting to hear from you is given that there are such benefits for every runner um what sort of lists of exercises do you recommend for healthy runners so this is assuming that there's not a specific condition or history of injuries or whatever this is just the list of exercises that you recommend that that people do yeah um for the benefits that you get from, from, uh, movement. Again,
1: <laughs> Strength gonna, training. I'm going to reiterate this again, because I think it's so important. Whatever exercises you can continue doing consistently are going to be the best for you, but I'll bite because I know what you want to hear. So I, <laughs> you know, um, ultimately we want to break down the different areas that are going to experience load when we're running as runners. Right. So obviously running is not mainly upper body, like it is a lot more lower body. So we're going to stick to, uh, not that upper body is not important. And I'll get to that in a second. But, um, when we're thinking about the different areas of our body that are getting affected the most, we're thinking about the ankle, the hip and the knee. Um, so a lot of the exercises are going to revolve around that. So what are some of the The exercises that hit those major muscles the most, um, but then also can sometimes uh, become more running specific or really allow your body to be taken through that same um, movement that you're going to be doing when you're running. You're basically practicing in a controlled manner when you're doing movement type of exercises. I don't even want to say strength training anymore, but when you're doing those exercises... (laughs) You want to prep your body in that way, like what you're going to be asking it to do when you're running. So, when we're talking about the big hip muscles, we have the quad, we have the glutes and the hamstrings. So when we equate that to different exercises, we're really looking at things like squats and deadlifts, right? Um, really simple, really basic. You don't have to think much more than that. You don't have to over-complicate it. You're, when you're running, your knee bends a little bit, your hip bends a little bit. That's what you do when you're squatting. When you're doing a deadlift, you're hinging forward, you're really loading that posterior chain. Those are big powerhouse muscles that you use when you're running. You're just really trying to target the muscles that you're gonna be using when you're running. So again, don't have to overcomplicate it. Really simple. So squats, deadlifts, hundred um, percent. Then we're talking about, you know, foot and ankle, which I think a lot of runners do forget about. Um, so I think a lot of like calf exercises, um, calf raises and maybe some kind of like balance exercise that really allows you to work the smaller muscles in the foot. Um, so we now have three exercises. Um, I also think that some runners forget about, um, plyometrics, which I think is a really big portion of it as well, but I don't necessarily see plyometrics in the same way. I think again, plyometrics, plays a big role in that word that I just used, which is control of your muscular system. I think when you really get down to it and you're able to work on that control in that way, I think that becomes really important and something that a lot of runners miss. So for example, um, when you're running, you're jumping, right? Which is technically a plyometric, but running is a lot of, again, just kind of your your body already knows what it's doing. You're not really thinking about push off and landing. So I think plyometrics becomes a really good way where you can start to think about okay, how am I, um, how am I giving off power? How am I able to really turn this into a true strength exercise. Um, and plyometrics can help you do that as well. Also huge in rehab. Um, I don't, you know, yeah, core exercises, I guess, but if you're squatting and deadlifting already, you are in a upright position working your core muscles. So, uh, you know, planks and side planks, if, if you have the time for it, but again, like most runners don't end up doing strength routines when they're like, 10, 12 exercises long because it's just too much. It's too much to do. So I don't like to list like 1,200 exercises. I like to start with those basics, and then it's like, all right, continue and progress them, make them single leg, um, and then maybe add some upper body in there. So I, again, I could t- I could list maybe a hundred more exercises, and if you totally. don't even know what to do, look on my page because I post an exercise routine every single week. If you're confused, but um, get nail the basics down and then work from there, is my belief. That's
0: that's huge. That's huge because I, I think. I could have had, like you said, hundred. I could have a bunch of actually I could say, but what about this one? You're like, yeah, that's great right, too. Right. What about this one? Right. Yeah, that's great too. Yeah, like
1: I could, <laughs> I could name like Farmers Carry. I love that one because, like again, you're working on upright posture and and stability. And it's like I I could name a hundred. Like, but we're not. I know, just for myself like you, I don't love strength training. So I'm not going to be out there for an hour and a half trying to complete a list of 12 exercises. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what, where do I start? What can I possibly do? Start with four, start with five exercises, work on increasing the weight, work on progressing those a little bit. And then who knows, maybe you've developed a good routine from there and you start to enjoy it and you start to play around with variability. Um, But you know, got to start somewhere.
0: So, so now that we kind of have a list of some major exercises, the this is kind of a natural flow. So this is um Rachel Ixc, and they're asking what. So you have these exercises. What's the minimum effective dose for of strength training for runners? So, I how do, how do question you?
1: Question okay, yeah, it again minimum effective dose. It depends. It depends on so <laughs> many different things. It depends on like how your body's responding to these exercises, what level you're at, you know. I generally like to say if you are just starting out and you're like I want to do the bare minimum with strength training um because I I understand its benefits but I really don't enjoy it I say again find like one to two times per week for 20 to 30 minutes that's it don't don't overthink it like I would say that's the bare minimum um of course, if we go down the road of like, tr- what is true strength training and how are we going to make a difference in the muscular system, I would bump that up to maybe two to three times a week. The timing doesn't really have to change again, because as you li- you're lifting heavier, reps and sets can go down. It won't take you, um, you don't have to do hundred sets of everything, but, you know, I would just say about twice a week for 20 to 30 minutes, bare minimum. And I think that's doable for a lot of people, you know, set a timer, do it over your lunchtime and just start to get into a routine with it. That's the most important part.
0: I like, I like the idea of using time as well. Yeah. Just because for myself, even when I was first starting to get into running, I felt like my calendar or my training plan was really intimidating. But if it's like, I only got to do this for 20 minutes, that feels so much better than thinking, I got to go do six get exercises. all these certain exercises yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, that feels more intimidating. That I'm going to set a time for 20 minutes yeah. and just whatever I get done exactly. right today. That's it. And I can always change it over time. But to get started, that that seems so much more palpable. Um, I just still have to get up when my and, alarm goes off.
1: Do the trick? <laughs> oh, that's always the hardest <laughs> part. But I also, sorry to interject here. I also, like, I think that is the that's the biggest part that's missing. And I think that's also why I started my Instagram page, why I started the app that I have with all of the workouts and everything. It's like most runners don't even do most runners aren't even doing any strength training at all. So why are we making it so complicated and making people feel like, first of all, making them feel like they're doing something wrong. If they're doing a certain exercise, like just get started, don't overthink it and be consistent. And that's really, that's really what it's about. It's
0: huge. It's awesome. Um, This next one is from knock the Clean. And they're asking, how do you avoid overdoing strength and balancing it with your running routine? Mm.
1: Yeah, Uh, I I think we, I feel like we kind of touched on this already. Um, I would say the best part is, you know, probably modifying your run training as, based on what your goals are with strength and vice versa. Um, So it kind of ties into the period periodization conversation we had. It's like, don't go all out on your strength and your run training at the exact same time, like work into the seasonal calendar of like when you're going to focus on which one you're going to focus on. Um, And then also, you know, if you're adding a whole new routine or you're just starting out with the strength training, make sure you're not still increasing your run training. Um, Just different things like that I would make note of. And also just recognizing again that like, you don't have to feel the same way you feel after your strength than you do with your running. Um, and I think that's the best way to describe it. So
0: this was another one that we had multiple people ask about. Um, and this one is actually off of our, not on our list that we are going to go through. So that's sorry, okay. it's a yeah, little no, bit curveball.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but uh, we like, we obviously we're doctors of running. We talk about shoes a lot and yeah. we did have a lot of people asking like, They didn't ask should I lift in my alpha flies, which that would be the appropriate (laughs) question. That's yes, you always every activity in alpha flies you'll be you know four to five percent better. Uh, Just kidding, but a lot of the questions like should I be lifting barefoot? Is that better or what sort of shoes should I be lifting in? What's your take on that?
1: Safety first, always. So I don't think that for everyone barefoot is necessarily the move because I don't want you stepping in something and then injuring yourself because of that. Um, Also like really terrified for someone to drop a weight on their toes and their barefoot. Like that's really scary. However, I actually do strength train barefoot. Um, I don't necessarily want to sit here and be like, I'm on a high horse. Like I strength train barefoot and that makes me stronger than everyone. Absolutely (laughs) not. Like that's literally not it at all. I think, there are, you know, some potential benefits to strength training barefoot, which is just, again, working the foot muscles a little bit more. And I think as runners, we can be just more aware of how much the foot and ankle comes into play and the stability of those muscles is important. Um, so, yes, if you can do it safely, it's good to strength train barefoot or in a more minimalist shoe. Um, you know, the more cushioning, the more foam, all of that is just going to make your but a little bit more unstable or just generally shift you in different positions that may change the way that you're moving. But at the end of the day, look, I've gone to the gym in my running shoes and lifted in my running shoes. Cause I had nothing else to do. I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm hiking home now. I'm going to skip my whole strength workout because I don't have the right shoes. Like, I don't think we have to overthink it that much, to be completely honest. Um, but if you have the option, you know, choose a shoe that's a little bit more, um, more natural i would say like a little bit um more minimalist
0: yeah because if your goal is to lift especially if you're lifting heavy if the goal is to lift heavy you want a platform that allows you to do that right. not to do other
1: things exactly exactly and, and again Great. it's not like it's not like anything's wrong like if you really want to lift in is your life like file me <laughs> if that's what's get you to lift I'm good with it. I, trust me, I'm good with it, and maybe you'll even feel more stable when you're running in them. I don't know. Um, so, I, 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 these conversations, I feel like I always get in trouble for because then people are like, "Well, you say that's wrong to do," and it's like, "That's absolutely not what I'm saying." Like, do you? Right. You know what I'm? You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like, here, if you tried it this way, it could mean this, but like, whatever works for you. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So here's our last, uh, strength training related question that I, I want to ask you, yeah. um, tonight. And I think this is a great question. Um, and the person was asking is strength training bad for your running performance? Mm. Cause they seem a little bit con- contradictory, okay. lifting heavy, doing a, a running exercise. So I'm what, actually, what do you think about I'm that? I'm going
1: to answer this in a way that you probably didn't expect me to answer it. Um, it can be, if you are allowing it to negatively affect your running performance, meaning you are going too hard in your strength training, not leaving enough time for recovery, doing a really hard run. Yeah. It can absolutely negatively affect your running performance. And that again, goes back to our conversation of periodization, making sure that you are consciously making those decisions of when you're going to be strength training, what that looks like based on your running goals. Um, If you are making the right choices with that, strength training can be very beneficial for you. But if you flip it and you're like, you don't leave enough time for recovery for your muscular system, you're pushing it too hard with your strength training and your run training at the same time, um, then yes, it can negatively affect performance for sure.
0: That's, that's super interesting because the I like I love the way you're answering that because you're kind of saying it's not the muscular and tendinous changes that happen because of strength training that make your performance worse. Actually, those help your performance. What hurts your performance is when you do it wrong. Exactly. If you don't allow adequate recovery I, and you're trying to do everything all at once. I
1: think what people forget is it's not just the work that we put in that makes progress. It's the work plus the recovery that equals progress. You can't just work, 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 and expect your body to just continue improving. That's when we come in. That's when we see injuries happen, when you're not taking enough of that rest and recovery time. Um, so I think that's a really important part of all of it, strength training, run training, and balancing both of them, but even if you're just doing one of them. Um, so, yeah, that's like the most important part love it all
0: okay so you're obviously on the docs running podcast and people ask us about shoes all the time and we obviously write about shoes so we have to ask you but you recently ran chicago marathon maybe one question is what did you run that marathon in, and what are your favorite running shoes we just want to hear from uh, you on that
1: disclaimer i am an ambassador for newton running shoes um so i ran the race in Newton running um, the fate nines, I believe. Maybe I'm forgetting now because it has been over a month <laughs> since the Chicago. Um, <laughs> I, I have so many different pairs of Newtons because, and even before I became an ambassador, I think I became an ambassador just because I was tagging them constantly in my Instagram posts. Like I just, <laughs> just love them for so long. Um, I love Newton because they work for me and they feel best for me. Um, I think that a running shoe is an individual person's journey and we're all different and we're all, the way we train is different. The way we live is different. We're built, we're all built differently. Um, I find that I have had my least amount of injuries and I've just felt my best running in Newton's. Um, So I'm very happy to be an ambassador and that means that I only run in (laughs) Newton's like all different pairs. So so they're my favorites. (laughs) That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. We we
0: we're, we're actually we're fans of of yeah. what they do over at Newton too. Yeah. I think especially their the Newton fit is so good. Their yeah. uppers are really really well done. Yeah. And they're starting to offer different options that um are accessible to more runners. Totally. Like the Fate I think has always been like their go-to like step yeah. into the brand and try it out model yeah. and now they have the Isaac that just came yeah. out which is even easier to step into. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's also, a, and their sustainability work is, is the probably part. the top of any, of any company. That's right the now. best part.
1: And I'm really, um, you know, very conscious when I work with brands and I do my best to work with brands that I feel like align with my, um, values. And I think that's a huge part of it as well. Um, also, they're coming out with a carbon-plated shoe later this year. So that's going to be interesting. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, cool. As I'm interested. I generally don't love carbon-plated shoes. I haven't had good experiences. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I love everything they do. So I'm very curious to see how get that to, is. Get to try yeah. it out at least. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's
0: exciting. <laughs> yes. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And so I think the last thing before we wrap up, can you just kind of let everybody know how they could find you um, and and what places they could go to see the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, so mainly on Instagram at Strong. Um, my website's also com, and I am on TikTok, trainsmartrunstrong as well on there. Um, I love TikTok. I don't have as big of an account on TikTok as I do on Instagram, but I feel like I post the little things on there too more just because it doesn't feel as serious to me, weirdly. Um, so yeah, follow me on both of those. Yeah. Great.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you again for for joining us. I think it's fun to hear from somebody who is practically working with runners all the time on this topic. And so what I love about the way that you approach these answers are very much with the practical in mind and trying to help people establish habits um, and avoid pitfalls that And just make it easy. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Go on and check out uh, Victoria's stuff wherever you can find her on Instagram. Obviously the TikTok to get those (laughs) little extra nuggets uh, and the website. And again, thank you so much for joining. Um, And we look forward to talking to everybody next time.
1: Thank you, Nathan.